Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. Not moved by what is happening around us, but that we would look according to the Word of God and according to the revelation of the Holy Spirit and say, Devil, I see what's happening because I'm no longer trapped in the darkness of this world, but I stepped into the light of my Savior's salvation and I see His faithfulness in His hand that's at work. And I see what you're doing, but I also see what my God is doing. And I see how my God is fulfilling His plan and His purposes and His Word. And I see how God is redeeming and how God is restoring and how God is delivering and how God is unleashing his glory and his presence and his Holy Spirit in this day. I just believe that there are some people here this morning, some people that are at home today, that you've been walking around in the darkness of your despair, the darkness of your discouragement, the darkness of your fear, the darkness of your heavy burdens, the darkness of your worry, your shame, your guilt, your sin, your doubt, your unbelief. But this morning, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm calling you out of the darkness and I'm calling you into my light. I'm calling you to walk into the fullness of my love, the fullness of my presence, the fullness of my peace where there is not only healing but provision and protection where my promises and my word are coming to pass in your life. Tell your neighbor I'm stepping into the light today. If you're at home, you're by yourself this morning, you don't have a neighbor, tell yourself, I'm stepping into the light today. I'm stepping into the light and the promises of God. I'm stepping into the fullness of what His Word and what His Holy Spirit reveals. I'm thankful that Jesus died on the cross and that He rose from the dead three days later. I'm thankful that He tore the veil that separated man from the glory of His presence. And that even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the valley, even in the midst of the trial, that I can lift my voice and sing. God, I know that you are worthy. God, I know that you are awesome. God, I know that you are faithful. God, I know that you will see me through because, Lord, I know that your kingdom is coming and your will is being done on the earth. Somebody today needed to be encouraged. Somebody today needed your heart to be stirred this morning, your life to be stirred this morning with the hope and the faith and the truth and the revelation and the power of the Word of God. I'm thankful that we serve a God who is powerful powerful. I'm thankful we serve a God who is a miracle-working God. I'm thankful that we serve a God who is not moved by the impossibility and the difficulties of our situations. I'm thankful that when we are puzzled and confused and when we can't see a resolution to the problem and the issue that's in front of us, that God already knows that all I have to do is step out of the darkness and into the light and see what heaven sees and hear what heaven is saying and hear what God is revealing and begin to speak life into my situation and circumstance, begin to declare the word of God in the midst of the darkness and begin to remind myself of who I am as a child of God. 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1. I want to go there this morning. I want to share with you just what the Holy Spirit revealed to me today. And I just believe that this is going to, I believe that this is going to feed your, your life, feed your soul today, that God is going to refresh and renew you. And hey, I'm praying too that for those of you that don't have power, that when you get home, the lights will be back on. Amen. Praying that every obstacle that those linemen face will be removed, that every challenge will be met. That power will be restored and that you can do 
what you need to do. First John chapter 1, verse number 5, this is what it says. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. Tell your neighbor, not some. At all. There is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Tell your neighbor, confess it. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His word is not in us. God doesn't lie. I said God doesn't lie. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys His word... Love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in Him. Whoever claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have yet had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in Him and in you, because the darkness is passing, and the true light is already shining. Tell your neighbor, the darkness is passing. Now preach with me today. Tell your neighbor, the darkness is passing. (laughs) Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. And anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Friends, the darkness will blind you every single time. Even when you think you know the way. Even when you think that you have the muscle memory to guide you through the difficulty, the challenge of having once been in the light and now finding yourself in the dark, the darkness will blind you and I every single time. He says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of His name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Tell your neighbor, I'm on a mission. Tell your neighbor, I'm on a mission. God has me on a mission. If I'm living according to the will of God, if I'm living according to the instruction and the direction that the Holy Spirit has positioned me, I have positioned myself to experience the fulfillment of God's plan, of God's word, and of God's promises in my life. All I have to do is say yes to the Holy Spirit and follow the plans and the purposes that God has established in my life and ultimately receive the fulfillment of life 
and life eternally in Jesus Christ? How can I step into the light? How can I walk out of the darkness that I'm in and the darkness that I'm facing and the difficulties that I'm up against? How can I step into the light that God has established, the light of His salvation and His promises? Number one, realize Jesus has called you out. Tell your neighbor, I've been delivered. We sound like it. Tell your neighbor, I've been delivered. I have been set free. He's called you out of Egypt. He's called you out of slavery. He's called you out of the lies and the deception and the traps that the enemy has tried to ensnare you in. He has called you out of the prison of hopelessness and despair, of nothing but disappointment after disappointment, into the revelation of who he is. He has told Pharaoh, the enemy, to let his people go. And he has sent his son to make a way so that we could experience the life and life more abundantly of what he established. God has called you and I out. He's called us out of darkness and into the light. He says it in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. But you are a chosen people. Tell your neighbor, I'm chosen. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. I'm thankful to know today that He's called me out, that He's called me out of the darkness, out of the hopelessness and the despair, out of the traps of sin and of temptation and uh, and of all of the lies and the deception that the enemy presents before me. I'm thankful that He's called me out and He's made a way for me to step out of that into the freedom into the hope and the revelation of what he has promised. How in any season, how in any moment, how in any difficulty, how in any time of uncertainty can I buy into the lies of the enemy and slip back into the darkness of hopelessness and despair when I remember what his word says, that he chose me, that he called me, that I am a special possession to the king of kings, to the lord of lords, to the creator of heaven and earth. He's called me out and he's called me in to the light of his love and of his salvation when I remember that he's called me out when I realize that he set me free no longer does fear have authority over my life no longer does what the world says or what the world thinks have the final say about my situation or my circumstance but now I have a revelation and a truth from the word of God to know that he is faithful that he is fighting on my behalf that if God is for me none can be against me, that he's fulfilling his word and his promises. I realize that he's not only my provider, but he is my place of refuge in time of trouble, that he is the one that provides every need that I have from beginning to end, that he is my healer, that he is my hope, that he is my salvation. So when I'm faced with the uncertain things that are ahead of me, instead of fixing my eyes on my problems, instead of fixing my eyes on what I can do about my situations and my struggles. I fix my eyes on the one who called me out of darkness into light, who defeated death, hell, and the grave, and said at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every knee on the earth and under the earth. So what is it that's against my life today? What is it that is against your life today? What is it that the enemy is doing today to try to rob you of the peace, of the joy, of the life, of the purpose, of the promise of God? Because friends, as a child of God, he's called us out of the darkness and into the light. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. God's called us to shine a light. To shine a light. You and I are the beacon of hope in the world. The hands and feet of Jesus, the light of Christ. We've been called out of the darkness of this world and positioned in the light. Called out, separated, set apart. You know, it's, it's, it can be challenging at times to know that you're called out. And, and, and there's, there can be, there can be an, an attempt of the enemy to try to, use, to try to use those moments, to try to use those situations, to try to use those circumstances to get us to respond to the fear. The enemy does not want you or I as the body of Christ to walk in the confidence of who we are in Jesus. One of the biggest things that the enemy tries to do is to use condemnation, to use guilt, to use shame, to try to get us to, to, to worry about how we look or how we perceive or how we come across to the rest of the world. Listen, God has called you. He created you. He, he designed you to be you. Not anybody else, but you. Tell your neighbor, you be you. You're not perfect. See some spouses trying not to look at each other. Perfect, you're not perfect, you're not perfect. Tell your neighbor, I'm not perfect. Look at him. Tell him, I'm not perfect. Ain't a single one of us in this room perfect. Not a single one of us have it all together. No matter how long we've been walking with Jesus, no matter how much spiritual maturity, no, no matter how much life maturity you may have, not all of it, we are constantly learning because we are being transformed day after day more into the likeness of Jesus Christ, more into the glory of what God has called and what God has established. God has called us out of the way that the world responds to the situations and the circumstances that are happening into a different way into a way where we respond out of the love, out of the truth, out of the confidence, out of the revelation of what heaven has established over our lives. That, that level of growth and that level of transformation requires a depth of discipline. Connor, you just had to go and talk about that today, didn't you? I did. I sure did. Discipline, the discipline that God gives is not a discipline to bring shame or guilt or condemnation. The discipline that God brings ushers in the freedom and the light of what He's established and what He's called us into. So that when we are faced with the challenge and the difficulties and the uncertainties that we're up against in our life, we understand how to respond, not just to react, but how to respond the way that God has called us to in this day and in this hour. I, I, was, I was disciplined as a child. I'd love to tell you that I was the perfect child, but I wasn't. Haley's shaking her head big. My dad's shaking his head. I'm excited to have my dad in service with us today. We're thrilled to have him and wish mom could be here with us, but she, she had work stuff she had to take care of, but thrilled that he's here. And, you know, my, my, my dad, my mom, they were, very, they were very clear and strict on discipline. I've shared, I've shared stories all in the past, but... Haley can, Haley can tell you, they can testify to that. Their discipline for us as children was never to take away our fun. As kids, we would assume it would be. You know, 
your parents would ground you or they would discipline you and you were like, this is just because you don't like me. You know, any child, any, any of you when you were a child, you felt that way? Like my parent is disciplining me, my grandparent, whoever, they're, they're disciplining me because they don't want me to have any fun. You all never had that problem, it was just me? Okay, that, thank you, Mindy. Mindy and I, Mindy and I, Haley, I know did, she's not lifting her hand, but Mark, okay, all right, yeah, there's a few of us. Okay, thank you, April. There's a few of us. Tell your neighbor, be honest. You know, we face, we, you know, we face, I was convinced that it was because my parents didn't like me, you know. Uh, we, Haley and I were convinced that they gave us chores because they wanted us to clean their house instead of them cleaning their house. You know, we were like, this is the, Haley would say, this is the reason that you had kids. You had kids so that they could clean your house. Yeah. And uh, was that the case? No. It was an added benefit to our parents, but that wasn't the case. The case was to teach us, the case was to teach us that we, that we understood what it meant to, to take care of the responsibilities of the expectations of the things that were in front of us so that we would mature into adults who were responsible and who met the expectations that were clear. The same is true of God. God calls us out of darkness into light and He gives us instructions. He teaches us through the Holy Spirit and His Word how to respond to the situations that we're facing so that when somebody attacks us, instead of us looking at that person and in, and in turn responding in kind, Jesus teaches us to walk not according to the offense and the offended spirit that, that we've been given the opportunity to take hold of, but to in turn extend the love and the grace and the truth and the revelation of God and realize that, you know what, my battle's not against flesh and blood, it's against powers and principalities of darkness. So instead of me being offended at you, I'm going to realize who the real threat is, I'm going to step over here into my prayer closet, and I'm going to have a conversation with the, with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we're going to address this at the root cause of where it is. So that way I can continue to respond in love to you, so that when God deals with the enemy, you have a bridge to step into the light that I'm walking in. To experience the freedom from the fear, the freedom from the, from the chains, the lies of the enemy that have been trying to keep you bound. God has called us to step out. He's called us out to walk in the revelation of His Word and of His promises. Secondly, how do I step into the light? Walk in humility and repentance. Tell your neighbor, I gotta humble myself. Tell your neighbor, I gotta be quick to repent. Repentance, repentance is not a one, one and done deal. Any person, that is, any person that is living on the earth, you understand that there are moments and there are times in our lives where we make mistakes. There are moments and there are times in our lives where we respond out of our emotions and out of our, out of our frustrations. Nobody? Just me? Been tired? Haven't had enough sleep over the last week? Power's out? Any of you this morning? Somebody was hogging the flashlight? You had an argument? It came close a couple times in our house. It was touch and go for a minute. You have those moments where the frustration of what you're facing and what you're going through causes you to react out of your emotions, not out of the character of what God has established in your life. And refusing to walk in humility and refusing, and refusing to be able to walk in repentance robs you and I of the freedom and forgiveness that Christ made available for us. 
Because what happens is the moment that I continue to react and respond in that, I stop walking in the light of what God has established, and I find myself back in the darkness. And the problem with darkness is, is that darkness always blinds. It blinds me to the truth of what's actually happening, to the revelation and the inside of heaven of what's actually taking place. I can no longer discern. I can no longer hear. I can no longer react in the ways that God has called me to because I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm, I'm blinded to what's actually taking place because of the darkness, because of the fear, because of the anger, because of the bitterness, because of the unforgiveness, because of my own pride. And I rob myself of the freedom of being able to walk in the light where there are no burdens, where there is no hep- where those things cannot control who I am, where those things cannot control how I react and how I respond, because God has not called you and I to walk around stressed out, full of worry, full of fear, full of uncertainty. Even when you get everything figured out in your life, there's going to be something. There's going to be be something. Why? Because we live in a world that is still cursed by sin. So what happens in our lives, so many times I think we, we, we base it off of our culture and base, base it off of what, what has always been. You know, we, we strive to reach this place and to reach this moment in our lives, this moment where we've arrived. Friends, we don't arrive as believers until we step into eternity with Him forever. So I can either get, be worried about arriving or I can learn to enjoy the journey. So, some of y'all are like me, you know, when it's time to go on a trip. You don't enjoy much of the journey. You can't enjoy the trip until you get to your destination. Right? Anybody else that way? I'm that way. We got, we got eight hours of driving to do. We will, we will eat good. We will hang out. <laughs> Amen. We will eat good. We will hang out. We, we will relax. We will do whatever the, the, the agenda is when we get there. One thing I hate to do is stop on the way. People that turn a road trip into a vacation, I don't understand. I just can't get it. I'm like, I'm like, they're like, this store looks like a good place to stop. No, it doesn't. It looks like a good place to look at as you drive by. Let's go. We've got places to be. Let's, let's move. Let's get on down the road. We've got to go. I have a hard time being able to slow down. I, I, I've shared this story before, but when Rihanna and I, when, when we had, not long after we would first started dating, we were going to Ohio uh, for the pumpkin show. If you've never heard about the pumpkin show, you need to go. It's in Circleville, Ohio. It's in my parents' hometown, Circleville, Ohio. They have it every October, third full week of October. It's incredible. Some of the best food that you'll ever have in your life. Pumpkin everything. If you love pumpkin, it's, it's, you got to go. And, uh, and Rihanna does. So we were headed up there, and we took off. And we got up super early that morning. I went by the house, picked her up. We took off on the road, and, and I was ready to set the record How long will it actually take to get from Camden to Circleville today? I think feasibly, following the laws to the best of my ability, we can do it in this time frame. And so I'm running. So we, we get on down the road, we take off, and we get to Memphis, Tennessee. And she says, I'm hungry. Are you hungry? Let's get breakfast. And I was like, I am. I'm starving. Do you want Chick-fil-A or McDonald's? <laughs> she said, well, there's a Cracker Barrel right there. And I went, what? And she said, Chick-fil-A, I said, Chick-fil-A McDonald's. We'll grab it and go. We'll eat in the truck. We've got room. Let's go. 
And she said, I want to get out. I want to stop. I want to get some bacon and eggs. And, you know, some of y'all know what a good, a good breakfast is. You know, some bacon and eggs and just a good hearty. It's a biscuit, you know, just manna from heaven. And I looked at her and I said, do you know how long that's going to take? And she said, are you trying to set a record? And I said, yes, I am. I'm trying to see how fast we can get there. And she was like, you got to learn to enjoy the journey. You know, and, and, and she said, I promise you that this won't take as long as you think it will. And, and she was right. She was right. And in fact, we had an awesome meal. We actually got to stop there. They had the fire going in the fireplace, got to sit there, had an awesome breakfast. I think we were back in the truck in 35 minutes. I counted. <laughs> and uh, and we, got back, <laughs> we got back in the truck and, and, and we took off. And she told me, she said, you got to learn to, you got to learn to enjoy this time, she was like, this is time that you and I are getting together as, as we make this trip. This is time. And, you know, she said that. And, and, man, there is such a revelation in that when it comes to the things of the Lord. We can get so caught up in trying to get to heaven. We can get so caught up in trying to make it through the next season of our life that we fail to stop and watch how God is working and moving in this current season. And how God is moving and how God is shaping and how God is molding us into who he's called us to be and to realize in this season, in this moment, God's working. He's with us on this journey. And these unexpected stops and these unexpected moments, which can seem like delay to us, can be some of the most pivotal moments in our walk in our relationship with God. And so even when it's not a pleasant stop, maybe it wasn't breakfast, it's a blowout. And you've got every reason to be frustrated by the stop. Every reason to be, even in those moments, you can watch as God works and God moves. Enjoying the journey of what God's established. Enjoying the journey of what God's promised. Realizing that God has called us out. Being able to walk in the humility and the repentance that God's made available for us to walk in the freedom and the forgiveness that God has established. God has not called you and I to walk around bound in the sin and the hopelessness and despair that the world does. He's called us to walk in the power and the authority and the anointing of heaven to declare His gospel, His good news, that sin has been defeated, that death and hell have been conquered, that salvation, healing, and deliverance are here and for today. And for today. Tell your neighbor, step into the light. Thirdly, we have to learn to respond in obedience. Tell your neighbor, be obedient. Obedience is one of those really hard things because it challenges our will. It challenges our preference. Tell your neighbor, I have a preference. We have preferences. We have the things that we would prefer. We have the things that we would, that, that we would rather and, and the deal is, is when we take ourselves out of the driver's seat of our lives and we put the Lord in the driver's seat of our lives, there are times where He's going to go the way that we don't want Him to take. There are going to be times that He does things, that He leads us in a way. And the deal is, is, is God doesn't kidnap you. It's a free will and a free choice. At any time, we can tell Him, get out, get out of the driver's seat, let me have it back. And we do, Sometimes. You ever ridden with somebody that you've been like, okay, you can't drive anymore, pull over. <laughs> Some of you are like, yes. <laughs> you've been in those moments, you're like, absolutely not. I, get, I, have, to ta- I have to take control now. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, have to be ba- I have to be back in the driver's seat now. 
You know, you have those moments. Why? Because the things that, the preferences that you have, when you get used to things being a certain way, and all of a sudden there's a change. Tell your neighbor, there's that word. Change. Change is always happening. Change is always coming. It's a part of our everyday lives, whether we like it or not. When that change comes, when that change happens, when our preferences are interfered with, it's the moment that we make a decision to surrender our will or to follow it. And when we're, willing to surrender, when we're willing to surrender our will and to follow what Jesus is doing, to follow what the Holy Spirit is leading, we position ourselves to experience the greatest outpouring of God's love, of God's presence, of God's blessings in our life than we could ever imagine. So many times in following the instructions and in following the truth and following the revelation of what God's Word has shown us or of what the Holy Spirit has shown us will feel like we are going backwards instead of forwards. Because we will look at the rest of the world, we will look at the people around us and we'll go, well, they're not having to do that. You ever do that as a kid? Well, why, do, why didn't so-and-so have to do that? You know, mom and dad would always say, because I'm not their parent. <laughs> you're my child, I'm responsible for you, you're going to do what I say, you're going you're gonna to do what the Word says to honor your mother and father, and the Lord will bless you. And man, every single time, He has. There's, in the moment... In, in, the, in the season, in the middle of it, it seemed like it hasn't. What happens in our lives when we step out of the darkness into the light and we begin walking in the direction of the Holy Spirit, listening to His voice and responding in obedience to what He said, what happens is we position ourselves to, to be in the place that God has called us to be, in the situations that God has called us to be in, to experience the greatest blessings the greatest favor, the greatest protection that God would have to offer us. And so many times when it comes to being obedient to the Lord, it does not make sense to the world. It does not make sense to the people around us. People cannot comprehend why. Because they're blinded by darkness. We don't, we don't treat them differently. We understand that they don't see what we see. Why? Because God's called us out of that into the light and He's revealed to us what's actually happening and what's taking place around us. So we respond differently. We do differently. We go when God says go and give when God says give and serve when God says serve. And what happens in those moments is we position ourselves to experience the life and the freedom and the healing and the hope and the deliverance that God has established. We get to be a part of the church seeing the kingdom of God come and the will of God being accomplished. And, and listen, Jesus faced the same thing. You know, the, in, in, in 1 John, in this, in this passage of Scripture that we just read this morning, you know, it talks about being like Jesus, the understanding of in order to, to, to obey and to be a part of the commands of what God has established, that we're, we're being like Him, we're following Him and the example that He set. Even Jesus had to surrender His own will. Even Jesus had to humble himself. Even Jesus, even Jesus had to do all of those things in order to walk in what God had said and walk and to bring about the fulfillment and the revelation of what God had established. But what happened when he responded in obedience was he ushered in the glory of the new covenant. I talked about it this past Wednesday night. If you didn't get a chance to join us, go back on Facebook or on our YouTube channel. CFA people, and, and just take some time, even just a few minutes at a time, and listen to that. Go back and read 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and 4 and, and, and see the glory of the new covenant of what Jesus established. It positioned us. It made it available for every single person who would say yes to Jesus to be a part of the family of God and to experience His presence every single day in our lives. I, don't want, I, do, not, I do not want to live in this world without the presence of God. 
I do not want to spend a single day without the Holy Spirit being evident in my life. When Jesus died, the veil was torn between the inner core and the Holy of Holies. And it was the moment that the presence of God, the glory of God, was made available to every person who would, who would come into His presence. Because the blood of Jesus, there was access to the presence and the glory of God. God has called us to step out of the darkness and into the light of His presence, into the light of His love, into the light of His salvation. So we respond in obedience to what God has said. Jesus put it like this in, in John chapter 8, verse number 12. He said, when Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows Me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. God has not called us to walk blinded to the things of this world and to the things that are happening and the events that are taking place in our life. I love what 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 29 says. It says, You, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. The psalmist put it this way in Psalm 119, 105. He said, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Jesus is the word. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The light, He is the light of the world. I've stepped out of the darkness into the Word, into the light, into the revelation, into the love and the relationship of Jesus Christ as a child of God, as an heir of God, a co-heir with Christ, experiencing the fulfillment of God's plan, of God's purpose, of God's promise. Responding in obedience positions me in the light to experience everything that God has made available to us as believers, as the church, as the body of Christ. And fourthly, finally today, step into, how can I step into the light? Realize that Jesus has called me out. Walk in humility and repentance and usher in the freedom and forgiveness of God. Respond in obedience and ultimately experience the promise of everlasting life. Jesus came to offer us life and life more abundantly. He came to offer us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Friends, I'm not saying we walk, we step out of darkness into the light and we pretend that we don't have problems, that we don't have issues, that we don't have challenges, that we don't have difficulties. We see those things, but we see those things for what they are. We see those things with the light and the revelation of the Holy Spirit and what God has said. And it changes how we respond to them. Because no longer is it fear. No longer is it with the resources and, and, and the understanding or the ability of what the world says. But we turn to the Word of God. We turn to the Holy Spirit. We begin to lift up our voice and we begin to cry out to the Lord like David did. I, I was reading through the Psalms this week and Psalm after Psalm you see David crying out to God, crying out to God, crying out to God when he was in the middle of a battle, when he was in the middle of a fight, when he was in the middle of a difficulty. He was crying out to the Lord. He was crying out to God. Why? Because he knew, he knew that God was his source. That God was his defender, that God was his protector, that God was his provider, that God was the answer. Nothing else. Nothing else. Out of that, God will bring things. God will show things. God will give us strategic ways to respond to people, to challenges, to problems, to difficulties. But it's out of that, and it changes the game when we respond to those situations because I'm no longer blinded by the darkness, but by the revelation of the light, I see what's happening. And I begin speaking and declaring the word of God in prayer. And I begin standing firm in faith in what God has said and what God has established. 
faith, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You may not see it happening yet, but let me tell you what I know God is doing. You may not have the full revelation of it yet, but let me tell you what I see that God is doing, what I hear what God is doing, what God is showing me of how God is working in my marriage, in my family, in my finances, in my business, in my, in my community, in my state, in my nation, in this world. Let me show you the things that when I I've, when I've found the, the, the challenge, when I found the difficulty, when I found the issue, when I found the problem and I've taken it to the feet of Jesus into the presence of God and I've submitted it before Him, let me show you the revelation that God's brought and the truth that God's made available and the understanding of what God's made available through His presence. Because we have the promise of everlasting life. Revelation chapter 21 verses 22 through 27 says, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, the new heaven and the new earth that God's come to establish on the earth. The city of Jerusalem that, God's, that God is establishing, that God's bringing forth. The promise of everlasting life that every person who would say yes to Jesus step out of darkness and into light. Step into the fulfillment of God's word and of God's promise. This world is not my home. My problems, my difficulties, the season that I'm in, this is not all there is. I'm getting to be a part of what God's doing in the earth in this season and this hour and I'm excited about it. Connor, you're crazy. No. To the world, I'm crazy. But to the kingdom of heaven, I realize that God's doing something on the earth in this hour and this moment that's pivotal to the fulfillment of God's plan. And I'm excited. What is God going to do in Camden, Arkansas? What is God going to do in this city? What is God going to do in, in the families that are a part of this body? What is God going to do in the neighborhoods across this community? What is God going to do in this day and in this hour? When darkness, when darkness may seem as if it's advancing like never before, when darkness may seem as if it's won battle after battle, what, what is it that God is showing? What is it that God's revealing in my life that's giving me revelation and insight like never before to declare and to speak the truth and the revelation of God?